Hey folks, we wanted to take a minute to talk to you about Tab for a Cause. Tab for a Cause is a free browser extension that works on both Chrome and Firefox. Once installed, every new tab that you open will show you a beautiful picture, the time, and a couple of small banner ads. Using those ads translates into dollars, and so every tab that you open is tallied, and you can donate that number to one or more of the nonprofits that Tab for a Cause works with. Uh, T and I both have Tab for a Cause, and we've been able to turn our pension for too many tabs into donations <laughs> for places like Water.org, Save the Children, and the Human Rights Watch. All you have to do to get in on donating today is go to tabforacause.org slash extraneous and install the extension. Welcome to another episode of Extraneous. Supernatural edition. How are y'all? Good? <laughs> Were you not paying attention or was that like actually that bad? That was a delay. I was paying attention. <laughs> okay. Let's start things off correctly. My name is Leah. And I'm Takia. And welcome to Two Women Can't Stop Talking About a Show That Everybody <laughs> Wanted in the Ground 10 Years Ago. Uh, but this is going to be a great episode. I love these. This is going to be a casual jaunt down memory lane. I'm sure that you listeners have had these kinds of conversations with your friends. And mm -hmm. hopefully you've enjoyed our past episodes where we do a fix it. Fix it. I don't know in if anybody actually knows this, but there's a uh, pandemic going on. And so we've all been <laughs> stuck inside uh, of our houses and haven't been able to like go to things. But like these are the kinds of conversations you have like at 1230 in the morning after like the tentpole events at a convention are over and you're just like chilling in a room with a drink and like having big nerd conversations like that's what this is. And I miss that because we can't go to conventions anymore. I also honestly realized that I can't do commentary tracks because I always kind of want to do a fix it while I am watching media. And I literally we did this last night because we watched Iron Man 3. Um, my roommates and I are doing a Marvel slow marathon oh. through the pandemic. Um, and so we watched Iron Man 3. And like somewhere in the middle of something where you're like, Ugh, this isn't as good as it could be. You just immediately start like workshopping. Yep. And so I'm really excited to get into it uh, with Supernatural. But before we get into it, wanted to very quickly remind you all that Extraneous Supernatural is part of the Mischief Media Network and that you should either go to mischiefmedia.com or type Mischief Media into your favorite podcast app to see all the different shows we got on the network. Takia. Please suggest another show on the network to our fun listeners here. You should definitely check out Healthy Geek Academy. It is a really great show that takes like wellness and healthfulness and all of those buzzwords, but really interweaves it with like... I don't know. Robin's very down to earth and real and also uses a lot of really cool references to geeky things. I think her most recent episode, she had an interview with a psychologist uh, therapist that was really, really good. So if you're ever looking for just kind of like a friend, I guess, to talk wellness with, let Robin be your friend. Let Robin be your friend. Yeah, I'll double down on that. I helped produce that show. And so the conversation with Dr. Elizabeth Kilmer, that was the most recent episode, was really fun and like open and honest and talks frankly about, you know, uh, a therapy and mental health. But like, she's a geek. Robin is a geek. We're all geeks listening to it. So like coming 
at it from the intersection between like being a big old nerd and like being a human being for whom wellness is is either important or something to consider is like really yeah. good. So like I'll double down on that. Today's pick is the Healthy Geek Academy. Mischief Media has a ton of really great shows. So as Leah said, go to your podcatcher of choice and type in Mischief Media and check out all of them. And now we're coming back on the freeway style. And <laughs> to get back to our main point. So we're doing a fix it. We have a whole bunch of different options that we wanted to go through. But this week, we're going to start with something a little bit simple. Nothing that needs too much fixing. Maybe just a bit of massaging, a little bit of a, a extrapolating. And we are going to be talking about the Demon Dean arc. Ah. The Demon Dean arc. I mean, I think that this happens a lot with Supernatural. They telegraph that something is going to happen, something's going to be like big because you go from the series finale to the like opening of the season and like that's supposed to be like a big thing. And television does this overall. But the Demon Dean, I like just remember being really intrigued and excited and like mm-hmm. Jared had gotten the chance to do like Soulless Sam and like Satan Sam and like so many of these like evil incarnations and it was going to be really exciting to see like Jensen play with it. Yeah, I-, I just remember being kind of hyped for Demon Dean and then being underwhelmed. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get enough time with the character and it's quite literally uh, three episodes of which Demon Dean doesn't even appear in like a ton of it, like because there's a bit of a mystique around that. And then in the third episode, he's strapped to a chair most of the time. So like, we don't get a ton of time with Demon Dean. And so we want to kind of extrapolate on that and see like, how could we potentially expand upon the idea and make it a bit more fun? Um, One thing I want to uh, discuss very quickly is the context of season 10 because Tiki, I don't know about you, but I get the seasons of Supernatural mixed up. Uh, yeah, yes, 100%, especially towards the end. <laughs> season 10 of Supernatural is a 20, one of the 23 episode seasons, so it's one of the longer ones. I, the, the bulk of the show is longer seasons, but um, they shortened up as we got near the end. But that means that outside of the first three episodes wherein we have Dean as a demon and we are dealing with that specifically, we have then the following 20 episodes are completely focused on the mark and what it's doing to Dean and how to save him from it. That's an exceptionally long amount of time to deal with that very specific issue. And like, so dancing around it and trying to fix it and failing and fix it, like it's a long time. So I honestly think that dealing with Demon Dean is something that could help balance the pacing of the season a little bit better. Not that I don't like season 10. I I very much do. And I like this exploration. But like, if we want to play with evil Jensen Ackles, like we need a little bit more time with him. No, I am a hundred and 10% agree that it would be nice to have like those two, I guess, like pieces of Dean's story balanced out a bit more. I also think that one of the areas that like I want to poke into is like the demon characterization of Dean and like whether or not it's playing with the darkness that is like very clearly eminent. Like Dean has darkness in him. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think it would be interesting to explore that more. And we don't really in the like demon version get to explore i think some of the darkness that we've seen in dean throughout the you know nine ten seasons that led up to this point i 100 percent agree with you and actually one of the biggest problems i was facing when when thinking about okay how do we extend the time that we spend with demon dean and not come up against sort of the very the the first problem and i think this might be what was come up against in the show in that two seasons prior we were introduced to a cure for demons. If we know how to cure a demon, 
how could we possibly have Dean remain a demon for so long? Like the whole shtick would be catch him, put him in a devil's trap, start injecting him with blood. Like that's quite literally like the solution. So I think one thing to borrow for something that ha- from something that happens in season 14, one thing that I think would be worth trying at least for an episode or two is making it not obvious that Dean is a demon. Oh. Have him hide that. And it would actually kind of be fun watching Demon Dean and Jensen play regular Dean while also doing things like making sure not to get too close to holy water splashing or if he's laying (laughs) salt he's on the correct side of it like carrying a small pocket fan so he can blow the salt away if he needs to get up (laughs) like (laughs) I love that I also think that like that idea would give us something to play with Crowley on Mm -hmm. and I think that like Crowley is uh, I don't even I can't say underutilized but like used weirdly in these episodes I think underutilized is fair we end season nine with like Sam begging trying to summon Crowley right to bring Mm -hmm. Dean back Crowley looking over Dean in the bed which like man what a love affair for the ages we don't get enough (laughs) agreed (laughs) and Crowley has like this great speech which is like one of my favorite moments Mm -hmm. in Supernatural I like want to get let's go take a howl at the moon tattooed on me like it's a it's a beautiful moment yeah and I think that like from there the idea of like Dean coming back and for like the first couple of episodes Sam not knowing I personally hate that kind of television so like it would have annoyed me still but I agree that it would have been compelling and like an interesting way to tease out the demon Dean a bit longer Right. I understand what you mean about that being like annoying television. I also kind of wonder if like we we went through it in season nine with Gadriel inside of Sam where Gadriel was playing, but we didn't know. Well, first of all, Sam didn't know that he was possessed and Dean did. This would be the opposite of that. Uh And simultaneously, we as an audience did not know the moments in which Gadriel was pretending to be Sam and or pretending to be Sam conscious uh, as opposed to being subdued inside. Like that was something. But we as the audience would know. That Dean was a demon the whole time. And Sam is the and Sam and Cass, I suppose, is the only one left in the dark. I also wonder, like you mentioned, Crowley underutilized, like if it would work a little bit if like Crowley has come to a we should try to work together with the hunters so that they're not always up my ass as I'm trying to get <laughs> demon deals done and stuff like that. Like Crowley does bureaucracy very well and how so like if if Dean is a bit of a double agent in that scenario. Yeah. Granted, Dean is like a knight of hell, so like he doesn't necessarily have to listen to Crowley, but like having him work with Crowley and also being like, I gotta clock in with the Winchester half of my persona is kind of interesting. So you actively see Dean doing both things. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that that would be really, really interesting. Honestly, like, I want Crowley to, like, have a point. I want to create something maybe that, like, Crowley needs to get from the Men of Letters bunker or, like, right, like, there's a reason that Crowley is sending Dean in to be a double agent. And also it gives Crowley's existence in the at least top half, honestly, most of season 10, more weight. Yeah, I think also there's something because we've discussed before how Crowley is a long conner he's a planner he's smart and so the ability to give Crowley the opportunity to work with Demon Dean who is essentially Dean Winchester just with the corrupted soul but has that knowledge so for the two of them to work together to create a foolproof plan that Dean can not only make a grand reappearance in the bunker but also can survive like there's no reason to assume that Sam wouldn't 
try to test Dean to make sure he's not a demon. So how do we make it so that we are able to pass these tests? How do we rig them so that we pass them? How do we make sure that the water ain't so holy? How do we make sure that Cass can't see the demon? Like, how do we trick that? And like, that might be playing with supernatural law and lore, but like, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, honestly, something that would be interesting for both Dean and Crowley to be like looking for, I guess, would be a way to circumvent the cure, right? Mm. Like Crowley's been on the other end of it. From the perspective of a demon, the cure is a disease, right? Like Mm. if you're a demon, then like the cure is a bad thing. Yeah. And I think that like in most television and most storytelling, if there is a bad thing, then there is the like how to like avoid it. Mm -hmm. If there's poison, there's a cure. And so I think that like having Dean embedded at the bunker and like as a demon, but knowing that like the only way he can continue right as a knight of hell is to separate Sam and Cass from the ability to stop him. And so Mm -hmm. like that, I think, becomes a really interesting motivation for like a couple of episodes of Dean pretending to be himself and also like skulking around, like checking in boxes. And like those are the almost getting caught moments that happen a lot in TV. I think that there's a lot of space there for Dean and Crowley to be aligned, even though Dean doesn't necessarily have to listen to him and like Crowley always has his ulterior motives. And having both knowledge of a way to cure demons and also the way to avoid that or like circumvent it would give Crowley, I think, a lot of power in hell, Mm -hmm. which is like something that he, it feels like he's missing at this point. Yeah, and it's something that is brought up because Rowena is introduced and like sort of that's how that plays out. I don't see why that can't continue to play out in that manner, even with Dean like spending a longer time as a demon and, and playing the two sides because when Rowena is revealed to be Crowley's mother and like gives him shit and stuff, she she's like a prisoner inside of hell and like Demon Dean, I think, would be down with that. I also like the fact that she tries to play Crowley, like tries to prove to Crowley that the Winchesters are weakness. I think Demon Dean works in that scenario, too. Like, even though he is a demon, you can't fully trust him, like, because he's still too close to the human half of himself. Like, I I think that still works. Yeah. I also think we can still be looking for a solution to the Mark of Cain because any bad behavior Demon Dean does, we just chalk up to the Mark. Yep. We could still be looking for that solution while playing both sides here. Yep. A hundred percent. I also think that Demon Dean and Rowie you know, would be infinitely fascinating. Yeah. So like Dean Winchester is a guy who like went through what, like 40 years in hell. Like he's got his baggage and like his scars. And I think that it would also be interesting to see the parts of Dean that like remain, even though he's a demon, right? Like mm-hmm. does being a demon sever the tie of brotherhood that he feels with Sam? Mm-hmm. Like what are the pieces of Dean that like are so powerfully him that like even even in this evil persona, even like without his soul or whatever, like he still has and like they're almost like surfacing. Yeah, it's very much like the trope of and it's it's a trope that I can't help but love because I watch too much anime. But it's the trope of like the power of love or the power of friendship being the strongest thing of all, no matter how strong your opponent yes! is. It's, it's the, yes! no matter how brainwashed they are, no matter how corrupted they are or how far gone it is that power that can usurp that. So potentially, like, even though Dean as a corrupted soul should therefore be acting like somebody who is soulless with no empathy, like, that connection is just that strong that there's, I don't know, a moment where he pushes through or something like that, and that's the moment that Sam or Cass catches, realizes this isn't just the mark of Cain. Now, shit, we have to cure Demon Dean. Like, now it becomes... 
yes. a thing. Yes, I was literally thinking about like maybe he has to like go into a devil's trap or like he has to like go through holy water or something in order to save Sam in one instance. And like <gasps> that's how everyone finds out that he's a demon. Uh, oh, he reveals, he reveals himself. himself. Oh, I love that actually. <laughs> that's very good. Wait, I love that. I kind of want that actually. Wait, put up. Let's write that one down. <laughs> that is definitely a good one. Oh, man. For good measure, because I forget about it, but it did happen in the series. So I would just like to say out loud, cut Cole out completely. Remember Cole? Honestly, no. Who? Yeah, right? He is tied into Demon Dean because uh, he's the ex-Marine whose dad was a monster and Dean killed and he saw him as a kid. And so like he's out. Oh to- my God. Yeah. Done. He captures Cut- Sam. <laughs> like it's, it's a whole ass thing. Cut Cole out completely. He does not belong in this. Um, I think Cole is an interesting, potentially one-off bottle episode. This is the things we left behind of it all. Like, what are yeah? What what happens to those who've been affected by hunts? So I think that's an interesting one off. I think it's more interesting post Demon Dean than it is your standard Mark of Cain Dean. But yeah, no, cut Cole out completely. He doesn't belong at the top here. He unfortunately ruins the pacing a bit. Yeah. So I will say there are a couple of moments in the season that like you're gonna have to look out for, like fan fiction, like figuring out how to get them into like those Ugh. moments is hard. However, I honest to God could have had Demon Dean through the mid-season finale because like then you cure him and we have to wait like a month and a half to see the aftermath and mm-hmm. I think that that could have been really compelling and interesting but you have to figure out like how to get them into like fan fiction. <laughs> fan fiction is what complicates it right you need Demon Dean cured in order to do the 200th episode where they're having a great time because Demon Dean would not enjoy that and then it's not it's not as fun you want original recipe Dean going through this. I feel like I kind of have to play in this liminal space where numbers don't matter and the 200th episode can be the 206th. Mm, Yeah, that's fair. Alternatively, side note, (laughs) we make fan fiction uh, and I know that this is cheating and like so cheap. (laughs) Non-canon? No, we make it a dream, right? Like we, I don't know, figure out a way to like knock out Sam or someone and that happens like outside of the story arc of Demon Dean. Yeah. That would work, but that would bum me out, but it would work. I'm like, I keep thinking of fan fiction as, as like the short story Chuck wrote for charity. (laughs) (laughs) That's what fan fiction is. Yeah. Meta on meta on meta. Just to be nice to us. Thank you. Yeah. Takes place outside the timeline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fan fiction. I was thinking about that earlier too, and I totally forgot it, but you're right. Fan fiction timing wise, it is what trips us up yes i think that there are ways around it they might not be the most sophisticated right we're gonna lose some of the um of fan fiction but honestly it's a very bottle episode it's delightful because it's the 200th but like it outside of a couple of the like meaningful glances and like moments between sam and dean like there isn't a lot to it that impacts the rest of the story and so i think that it's perfectly fine to like find a cheat way to make it happen. Also, like, how much better is fan fiction, like, this exploration of, like, the importance of their friendship and all that? After, like, Dean shows that even being a demon and in and being affected by the Mark Cain and all that, like, after all of that, they prove their connection is that strong. And then we get fan fiction where it's, like, you know, folks seeing it. Like, I don't know. It, it, it hits different, I guess. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I guess we just pretend that it's not the 200th, I guess. In our, in our alternate universe. 
it just can happen later. Mm -hmm. But honestly, yeah, I think pacing wise, doing the top half of Supernatural, like before the mid-season finale of season 10 is like eight or nine episodes, right? I think that you could absolutely stretch Demon Dean to be nine episodes. I think that you've got to be like careful about it because like that- That's starting to get long. Yeah. That's starting to get long. It would be grating. You're going to have to give us a, like a breath in there, right? Like give us an episode that lets us forget, kind of, that feels like really normal supernaturally. Then hit us with like all of the like, I don't know, like weight of Dean being dark and all end and the stakes and things like that. I think the first three are exactly what you're talking about, Leah. They're like the he is a double agent and we have him and Crowley like, you know, talking, texting each other and like almost getting caught and yada yada. For the middle three, I think some of it can be like what the episodes we have already are, which is like Dean completely unleashed. Like, he's just, like, living his life as a demon, maybe not the karaoke of it all. You know, like, honestly, like, in a nice suit, hanging out in hell. Like, I just... Yeah. (laughs) That's a great image, and frankly, robbed. We were robbed. Instead, we got, like, gel hair shit Dean. Like, I was like, this is not what I wanted out of Demon Dean. I think I might actually, like, tighten it up a bit. Like, from a top three, middle three, bottom three, I would do a two, two, two. Because, like, as you were saying it, I was like, I feel like that might get stretched out a little bit too long. Simultaneously, I don't I don't see a problem with curing Demon Dean, having, like, two episodes of rest. And you still then can have the mid-season finale be the, um, or mid-season, it was, like, the winter break or whatever. Yeah. Be the, uh, the bit where even when he's not a demon, the Mark of Cain corrupts, where he, mm. um, he kills all those guys who were working with Claire, I think is what that moment was Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so it is like you don't get much time of the high of getting dean back until you realize there's still a problem that would be great honestly if you end imagine doing like exactly what you were saying ending the episode before the break on him slaughtering like a field not a field but you know like on him like slaughtering Mm. a ton of people and then like that's literally the end of the episode like we Mm -hmm. don't understand why the inf- like ah uh, yeah <laughs> like then it's like is he a demon again what happened here yes and then understanding that it's the mark yes mm-hmm, oh I, mm-hmm. I do quite like that i also think it would be fun to work in rowena into like we mentioned earlier into into it earlier uh the episode where they encounter her is just a hunt where they encounter this big bad witch and then she's captured by demons like for seemingly no reason other than she's a powerful witch but like wouldn't it be more interesting if dean encountered her realized she was a powerful witch and like sent a note to crowley that was like you might want this one on your side (laughs) like it makes more sense for rowena to be taken prisoner by them if Crowley is getting fed this information by someone on the inside and that someone is Dean. Like it tightens that up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Dean serves, accidentally serves Crowley's mother up on a silver platter. And it's like, you still get that mother moment. Like it's still very good. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. I mean, honestly, the idea of like Dean going on hunts with Sam and in the background, like letting people go or like otherwise, you know, like giving Crowley a heads up like that is gold. I think it also helps. There's a bit of season 10 at the top with uh, Cash just being super weak. And like, that's something that has to be worked out in Castiel's character. But like, it's also something we work out every season with Castiel in which he has no self-worth. And it's exhausting. And I kind of want to but I kind of want to tighten that up too. like, I get so tired of dealing with Cass and his self loathing, not from a, I hate this kind of way, but just kind of like a God again. And I would love to see Cass just like brighter before like taking a real hit. And if instead of being just laid up because he's 
doesn't have a ton of grace and he's sad that Dean is missing. Instead, fighting through and working hard because he's laid up and doesn't have a lot of grace, but Dean is back. Mm-hmm. So Cass has that joie de vivre, that pep in his step, even if he's feeling a bit under the weather because Dean is here. And then getting hit with the Dean was a demon the whole time and you missed it. Ooh, depressed Cass. Yeah, no, mm. I love I, I love that. Because then the self-loathing is a little bit more earned. Yeah. And I think that, like, one of the, you're right, exactly, like, with Cass, like, it happens so often that it stops feeling meaningful. But the sense of, like, you're an angel, he was a demon, you know him, you love him. Um, Sorry, this is very skater boy. You're an angel, <laughs> he was a demon, and I get obvious. Sorry. <laughs> But, like, the sense of, like, it's my fault, I didn't notice. Honestly, like, Cass is meant to be their, like, big gun and so often fails them, right? Yes. And, like, that's even part of, I think you could say, part of the reason that, like, Dean has the blade in the first place and, like, to get to take down Abaddon, like, they need all of this, like, juice or whatever. And I think that you can tie all of those pieces together and have Cass be, like, you know, screw it. Like, I am worthless for like a really deep reason. Yeah, I agree. I think that works a little bit better for me. Also, I think it gives Sam and Cass another opportunity to have very close moments together because they would both be going through the same exact thing. Sam also didn't understand that his brother was still a demon and was tricked. And so like similar in season nine, there's the Cass extracts the grace from Sam and they they get to have a heart to heart where Cass tries to pick him up. But now in this one, they both are kind of hit the same way. Like when the season starts, like Cass just seems so much lower than Sam, even though they're in the same place because he's like also like graceless. So I, I would like them on more even footing, trying to sort of pick each other up and get it together uh-huh. for the sake of Dean, who uh-huh. has the mark and is still going to be struggling. So they don't have time to wallow in their bullshit. They need to get it together or else they're going to lose this important person again. I would like to see a bit more bolstering between the two of them. And I think that would work better in this sort of playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think that this sort of starts this theme for Sam that like lasts to the end of the show, honestly, where it's like, why am I the cheerleader? Like Sam is like the the one trying to like hold it together, guys. And it's funny, but it also like sometimes annoys me because like Sam has every right to be as moody and dejected and like running away as all of them. And I think what you're saying about like balancing Cass and Sam as like pulling, picking each other back up, like I think would really, really help that. Also, I'm still upset that Cass didn't respond to any of Sam's text messages. So any moments, <laughs> any moments to like strengthen their relationship, because like clearly they're close guys, I think is is beautiful for the show. Yeah, agreed. Like, I get it. Canon confirmation. Cass loves Dean and Dean and Cass have a profound bond. Yeah, they do. So like we spend extra camera time with Dean and Cass specifically. But like, I really love the scenes with Sam and Cass. They both mean a lot to each other, too. Friendship is important. (laughs) Absolutely. Friendship is magic. And then honestly, we get to see Crowley respond to losing Dean. And because he's been there a little bit longer and probably like, you know, if we see get to see Dean in hell, then we get to see him like at the side of the quote unquote king of hell. Right. Like it's uh, Mm -hmm. I think that like there's a better 
understanding and it's more earned when Crowley is like sad to lose him. Yeah. And so we get to see Dean become like integral to the inner workings of hell, which also is like is a very interesting parallel, not parallel, like a juxtaposition with Dean's original like first run through hell where he's like being tortured and eventually taken off the racks and like corrupted to see him like you know balancing the books and walking around and managing the business yeah would be great and then you understand why Crowley feels like he's losing something when he loses Dean yeah I think it makes all of Crowley's like melodrama a little bit more earned oh my god I you're 100% correct and honestly I think it improves like three different aspects of that one is when we Come back in season 10, Crowley's already annoyed by Demon Dean. Yeah. He's still like, <laughs> Moose, he's my best friend now. Get bent. But like, he already is uh, despondent and sad that he's lost his drinking buddy because Demon Dean is a dick. And so we're like, we as an audience have missed the fun parts. So like getting to see those fun parts is like as an audience member, like that's that's more fun for us. Mm-hmm. I think it fixes a little bit the uh, not only Crowley being despondent and losing somebody, but like Rowena yells a lot about and tries to um, trick Crowley into being like the Winchesters don't care about you and stuff like that and make him vengeful towards them. And I think this would help get Crowley there in a more natural way. Like the betrayal of it all isn't just you're a demon and they're human and, and they're hunters. It's also like he did go through this loss of a friend and, and second in command kind of and honestly three i would love to see a uh maybe the demons in hell doug demon <laughs> maybe they're also bummed out that they love like crowley's still in charge and they're like yeah but dean was the cooler one oh like my that God. would be kind of fun could you imagine because like what if while dean is still there crowley doesn't recognize it because like it's their their partners they're like working together like they, uh-huh. they like it seems like everything's going well because crowley and Dean in some way. And then Dean leaves and Carly realizes that everyone liked Dean better. <laughs> oh, man. What if like, what if Demon Dean also like is like a tr- like a quadruple agent and he's simultaneously maybe trying to earn enough clout in hell to like eventually become king. Mm-hmm. So then not only is Carly sad that he lost them, he feels betrayed because the Winchesters have like, you know, jacked him again because dean left but then at some point some demon lets it slip that dean was planning on taking the throne like oh now we got that was on that's another level crowley's like no i'm let's make crowley make crowley evil again please please he's like a little please. bitch for so much of this and like that's i think that that's really what i'm trying to solve for which I think that you can cite along with Demon Dean, is that Crowley is just, like, operating from a very weak position for a lot of this. Yes. And, like, dude, you're the king of hell. Like, make Crowley evil again. Yeah, no. He's also so smart and always manipulating things. And, like, it's just, uh Yeah, I'm with you. And, like, we still can have poncy, funny, charming Crowley in all of that scenario. Like, we can still have Mark Shepard being hilarious, but also being a bad guy. Like, we can have both things. But yeah, I think it, it, it will help the intense wind out of the sails that happens to Crowley by uh, by his end. Like, it, it starts getting written, like, actually, it starts getting written at the end of season eight when we cure him. And, like, yep. then it's just this downhill trajectory for Crowley. And I, and I think potentially um, mixing this season up a bit helps bolster Crowley's, like... Uh, villain rating a bit maybe we don't see him as pathetic yeah and then honestly we can do away with like a little bit of the like hannah or it, what? yeah hannah because like i don't know i didn't enjoy it <laughs> yeah we spend a little bit too much time on it and and honestly one of the things that happens with hannah is hannah is the one that helps cast see 
his worth again. And if we do this and we bring Dean back and like Dean is pretending to be human and is pretending to be Cass's friend, like and but is also a demon. Dean would probably push Cass into taking grace from angels and making sure that he can survive, which is what Hannah pushes Cass to do, but he doesn't listen to her because, you know, he's despondent or whatever. Even Demon Dean being there would be enough potentially to get Cass to that point. And then, like, instead of Hannah's leaving her vessel being the thing that helps push Cass into wanting to sort of focus in and find the little things that he can fix, it's getting Human Dean back again and helping to fix him there that can get Cass on the same path. I think this negates Hannah's purpose in season 10 completely, and then we simply would not need her. Yeah, no, I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. I'm honestly like scrolling back through the top half of season 10 right now just to see like where this different iteration or like longer Demon Dean would intersect. And I kind of forgot that Hibbing 911 was in there, which is the Jodie yeah. Donna Sheriff's Retreat. But I think that like Demon Dean in that instance would also be really, really interesting because like then you're introducing Donna. So like, right, like they've met Donna before, but then you're introducing Donna to monsters and maybe like it's late enough that like maybe what they're hunting is Dean and she gets to be the one that's like, your life is ridiculous. Like, why do you want to save this person? Like Mm. it's a, it's a moment to like have them look in the mirror kind of right. Like Jody and Sam are like unquestionably like got to find him, got to protect him, got to save him. Right. And Donna's like, Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Also, I think it's more fun uh, were we to introduce Cole as a one-off. I think it's more fun to do Cole post-Demon Dean, where, you know, Cole is like, he's a monster. He can my father. I want revenge. Yeah. And Dean is a person who is like, yeah, you write him a bad guy. Here's here's my bare chest. Stab me. Like, you know, like, I think that's more meaningful there. And having Sam and Cass and, and whomever else wants to fucking get on this bandwagon to be like, well, hold on, your dad was a monster. Also, like, my brother's worth more and, and, and does good things. And, like, that's to help bolster Dean and all that stuff. I think the bottom half of the season can play the way it plays. Absolutely. To be honest. I agree. We still get Kane, which is Ugh. so good. Ugh. We still can have Charlie. We still get Charlie dying. Uh, yeah, the bottom half of the season, I think, can play completely the same. Yeah, no, absolutely. We just want more time with Demon Dean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and for him to just, like, have a reason. Like, uh, we get that it was fun to, like, throw it in. It just seems kind of rudderless. Like, it doesn't have a reason. It doesn't have a direction that it's going in. And so, like, I think spending a little bit more time, giving the audience the chance to, like, see the fun parts, and expanding it a little bit will help tighten up so many different parts of the season and the characters. Yep, I agree. Also, like you gave us Black Eyes Dean and he comes in and all he does is drink beer and sing shitty karaoke. I'm like, what part of I know human Dean can sing well and demons are very good manipulators. What part of that reads to you? He wouldn't be a boss at karaoke. Like I want to see suave as shit demon Dean who chooses to occasionally be an asshole. But like, I don't want him to be like, he just looks like a bad drunk up there in a and like I don't know I want better Demon Dean also you're telling me that like the image of villainy in Dean's head isn't some guy in like an Armani suit please please <laughs> that's what I'm saying I want him to dress like Lucifer from Netflix <laughs> 100 
a hundred percent. And honestly, has the piano. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he sits at a piano in one of the episodes, and he has a whiskey, and he does it because he knows Sam is coming, and he literally just sets like he might as well have set up a spotlight uh, as he like tinkles the ivories and has the the tumbler of whiskey, hundred percent, and is like Sam. I knew you were coming. And I'm like, this, why? This is this energy is what I want. I also would like that to be the when we eventually find out that Dean is still a Dean, when Sam eventually figures it out and like maybe Demon Dean has scurried away back to hell and like his cover is blown. Like I still want that energy yes. when they do meet because that is that image is good. The vibe is good. All of it is so good. And it would be so much more earned if we had spent more time with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. So I think that's how we'd fix it. That is how we would fix it. How about y'all? How would you fix it? You should let us know. Absolutely. Or do you think it doesn't need fixing and we're dumb? You're like, no, it's perfect. I will tell you that you're wrong, but I (laughs) I would love to tell you that on the internet. Uh, so if you want to send us your theories, your head headcanon, um, your feelings about Demon Dean, we are at ExtraneousPod on Twitter and extraneous.pod on Facebook and Instagram. Yes, please come talk to us. This is pure fan fodder. This is pure fun. Like that's the point of a fix it. We're just having a good time. There's no need to get too serious about it. We're not like we're not like ragging on the writers. Like we're we're literally just having a good time. I can't write a script to save my life. So I'm not actually dragging anybody for it. It's not a read. This is just a good time. (laughs) But yeah, like I just want to make sure everybody knows we don't have like bad vibes. We clearly love the show. We're just having a good time. I can't say that enough, apparently. Leah would, I just don't want to come across as a mean person. <laughs> Leah would really like you to know that she's not a mean person. She loves this thing. Um, I'm like, eh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. I mean, obviously we love it. Like, that's why we take the time to talk about it forever and honestly have theories of how it can be changed. Um, we care deeply about the show and we are excited to share it with all of you listeners who also care deeply about this show. And if you do care about this show and you're still listening to this specific podcast, hopefully that means uh, you like us enough that you want to support us. And the most direct way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash making mischief. That's Mischief Media's Patreon. We share it with all the other shows in the network. And by becoming a patron, you are directly supporting us and allowing us to keep making these silly shows where we sit here and, and, and have fun conversations for us and for all of you. So again, if you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash making mischief and do that today. All right, folks, stay extra. Yeah, bye. Bye. But it feels sort of like utterless, like it doesn't really have like a a reason, a direction. Um, mm-hmm. And so like I said utterless and I meant rudderless. Rudderless. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. It's a cow with no udder. Yeah. <laughs> Remember to turn your everyday web browsing into charitable donations. All you have to do is head to tabforacause.org slash extraneous and install the free browser extension today.